SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome everybody in for another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stone, back as always with my co-host, Matt Miguez. Matt, say hello to everybody at home. What's up, Sunbelt Nation? Brian, as always, happy to be here. And uh, it's a it's a Louisiana Raging Cajuns game day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, I would say about, let's see, what was it? About an hour or in some change, uh, maybe hour and a half before game time of the Louisiana Coastal Carolina game. Uh, so more than likely, you know, or, or almost certainly once everyone hears this, uh, the game will have already happened. But just be sure uh, to note that we are making these predictions uh, before the game actually has kicked off. Uh, we are not, if anything proves to be correct, we are not at- retroactively making ourselves seem smarter than we actually are. Um, so uh, let's jump into this previous uh, weekend of games. Uh, really only three Sunbelt games on the slate with a lot of uh, teams having to move their games around uh, and, and things like that. Uh, just three games. And so starting from... The top, it looks like here, uh, you, Louisiana Monroe's rough season just continues to get worse every single week. Uh, they took on Liberty, uh, Hugh Freeze's team. Um, I, I think the most notable stat I took away from this one is 21 of Liberty's 40 points in the win came from defense and special teams. Um, so, again, UL Monroe, tough, tough go of it. Yeah, uh, you know, I I knew it was going to be a long day for Monroe when their punter couldn't even handle a snap. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I when I saw that go down, I I knew that that they were they were in a hole that they couldn't dig themselves out of. And, you know, I can remember last year, you know, Liberty came to Cajun Field last year and it was it was a great you know the the scoreboard obviously didn't show it we ended up winning thirty five to fourteen but you know Liberty is a formidable opponent they were last year I think they are this year I mean they're off to their first four zero start I think I read in in fifteen years and so uh, I knew Monroe would have their hands full I didn't expect it to get out of hand so early though. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know from firsthand experience, uh, Liberty is a is a good football team. Georgia Southern played them in the Cure Bowl last year, and they, I mean, they had an answer for everything that Georgia Southern threw at them, uh, and and thoroughly outplayed us. So I know that they are a good football team. Um, you know, if it wasn't for outside circumstances, uh, it's almost certain Hugh Freeze would still be uh, employed at Ole Miss, uh, and he was giving Nick Saban issues there for a, a stretch of time when they had, you know, Bo Wallace and, and even Chad Kelly and, and things like that. So, I mean, he's a good coach who's probably coaching below his actual standards. Now, like I said, there's some off the field stuff that kind of led to him being let go from the Ole Miss job, but he's, he, he wasn't let go because he's an unsatisfactory coach and he's built Liberty up into what I think is a, is a pretty strong independent football team. 
Yeah, definitely, you know, one of the top independents in the country. You know, there's been some rumors, especially this year with the success that the Sun Belt's had, that Liberty could be joining the Sun Belt soon, um, which I think that is a win for the Sun Belt athletically and academically. Um, you know, I think I think both ways that boost the conference. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely – I'd have no issues with playing Liberty every year or every other year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it makes sense from – like you said, it definitely makes sense from an athletic standpoint. Um, you know, the, when, when the only reservation you have is that you just don't want to play their football team every year, uh, because they're they're typically field a good team under freeze. Uh, that's that's pretty much a good sign. So um, yeah, but getting back into this game, uh, Liberty was able to run away with it. Uh, it, w- it was pretty much never close. Uh, Forty to seven over the Warhawks. Uh, Liberty uh, accounted for four hundred y- total yards. Uh, ULM didn't even reach half that mark. Uh, they ended up benching Colby Suits. Uh, and putting Jeremy Hunt in the game. Jeremy Hunt led them to their only uh, touchdown drive in this game. Do you see any chance at all that it gets any easier for UL Monroe this this year, or do you think that they're going to go winless? I don't know that they're going to go winless. I I don't see them getting more than one, though, if they get one at all. Um you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The longer that they stay at this level of competition without a serious financial investment, they're going to struggle for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just don't have the ability to compete with the teams that have been developed in the Sun Belt, like App, like Louisiana, like a Georgia Southern, you know, teams and schools that every year commit a serious financial investment to their athletic programs. Monroe's just not doing that. Whether the fans aren't donating it or, you know, former athletes aren't contributing, whatever it may be, they just don't have the budget that these other programs have. So, like I said, the longer that they stay in this fairy tale world that they can keep up, I mean, yeah, they're they're going to win one, maybe two games a year consistently. I think it's tough to, um, you know, I don't I don't want to repeat things that we've said on previous episodes. I think it's tough to, especially when they see the teams like South Alabama. And like uh, Texas State, I mean, say what you want, Texas State's one and four this year. They have been competitive in football games. And, you know, outside of a, of a Georgia Southern choke job two weeks ago, uh, UL Monroe really hasn't been competitive this year. No. And, and, and so, I, I mean, I agree with what you say Um you know they're they're gonna really have to reassess themselves as a as a football program if they want to keep existing at the FBS level. Um, this game, you know, like I said, not really a whole lot to talk about. Uh, they struggled to throw the ball. They struggled to run the ball. 
Um, I, I guess the best thing that we can do is just kind of quit harping on it and move on from this one. Uh, Liberty moved to 4-0 with the win. UL Monroe dropped to 0-5 this year. Uh, getting into the only Sunbelt on Sunbelt action of this past weekend, uh, Troy uh, hosted Texas State, and Troy was able to come away with a 37-17 to victory. Um, Gunnar Watson in this one, four touchdown passes, 338 yards. Um, you know, it looks bad coming off of me just saying that Texas State's been better. But, you know, I who knows how good Troy is? I mean, you know, outside of, you know, really getting beaten down by uh, by BYU, you know, they've... They're two and one. They they should have played another game against South Alabama. Maybe that would have been a better gauge of how good of a team they are. But I mean, they could be a formidable Sun Belt team this year for sure. Yeah, no question. Because I mean, in my opinion, I think Texas State's a formidable Sun Belt opponent. I mean, yeah, they're one and four, but two of those games that they lost, they really gave away. Especially the Boston the Boston College game. That sure. one away. SMU at the beginning of the year, you had plenty of chances to win the game and you just didn't. So like really, really and truly after this Troy loss, they should have been three and two. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, te- Texas State is, is, is a formidable opponent. I, I think this game showed a lot of people that Troy can contend this year with – with the higher programs and who knows they could contend for these division. Yeah. I mean, the talent with them has never really been an issue. Um, oh, it's, a, know, it's a coaching issue for sure. Yeah. I mean, part of it is a coaching issue. I, I, we talked about it in the, in the season preview, you know, a big, a big issue with them was their defense last year. Um, you know, they could score points in bunches. They just couldn't they couldn't stop a nosebleed and and that was you know their real big achilles heel if they field even a average defense this year i mean this team could be on a normal year i would say maybe like an eight and four nine and three type team like that's the level that i think they can play at i think gunner watson's a good quarterback um i i think that you know they have they have uh, kind of a, a rotating cast of running backs, and in this one you saw Kimani Vidal uh, kind of secure the backfield in this one. But DK Billingsley, BJ Smith, all three of these guys can run the ball. Uh, they have Kalen Geiger uh, who went for 120 in a score in this one. I mean they have offensive weapons. If they can even field an average level defense, this team can can be for real. Oh, for sure, and you know. You talk about Gunnar Watson, who's off to a phenomenal start this year. I, I just want to say, you know, any quarterback can look good when you've got a kid like Kalen Geiger lined up at wideout. I mean, Geiger is just, a, in, in my opinion, he's a next-level talent, and he, he's definitely going to be playing on Sundays in the future. But, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. The offense has, has never been the issue for Troy. Troy's always been able to score points. It's – scoring more than the opposed than the opposition that has been the problem. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, going back to, uh, what was it? The, the highlighted example that we gave in the preview was Arkansas state playing Troy. And I think that final score last year was like 51 to 48. Well, 
if your defense even gives you one stop in that game, like you're right in it or you're winning. And right. it's just like, you know, they've, they've done a better job of that this year. I mean, clearly, like if you just look at the stats from this game, they held Brady McBride to under 100 yards passing. He threw the ball 28 times. So he averaged 3.3 yards per attempt. Um, so, I mean, if they're, if one area of their defense and their, and their run defense wasn't, wasn't bad either. I mean, Texas state ran for 161, but I mean, if they, they they lose by 20, who cares, you know? So, I mean, I mean, if, if their defense has taken these next level strides, uh, again, uh, you know, I don't mean to be keep repeating it, but I mean, they could be a top two, top three team in the East. I mean, it seems like, like app has maybe lost a little bit of a step and, who knows like what th- this huge COVID outbreak in Boone is going to go going to do to the outlook of their season the rest of the way. So, I mean, who, who knows? Yeah. You know, that, that COVID outbreak, man, everything that's going on in Boone right now is, is scaring the, you know, what out of me, because, you know, I was, I was talking about it with a buddy the other day, we were supposed to play app last week. Now, tentatively, it's December 5th. The issue with that is, say the conference championship ends up the way it has the last two years with Louisiana and App. We have to play App State twice in a 14-day span. You know, in other conferences, that's happened before. I'm fairly sure the American has had that happen. That just, um, that just scares the, you know, I don't want to play them once, much less twice. Well, uh, you know, f- from a Georgia Southern fan to, um, you know, a Louisiana fan, our game got moved with app as well. Um, you know, I kind of posed this question to my wife the other day when, when we didn't even know at that point, when I asked this question that Georgia Southern was going to play, uh, you know, Massachusetts this weekend this upcoming weekend, I, I said, how, how long can they keep pushing these games down the road until like either the conference championship game has to be moved or they're going to play the conference championship game. And then one of those teams might have to play another Sunday game. Yeah. You know? So, so how long can you kick the can down the road and say, ah, we'll just do it in December. It's like, well, after a while, there's not going to be any December weekends left to take. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's already the game's already been pushed back to the 19th. The Sun Belt Championship game at this rate is going to be a New Year's Six Bowl, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Louisiana and Coastal tonight's technically the Big 12 Championship game, so that is fair. Uh, that is fair. No, no, it's it needs to be like a uh, like an old WWF triple threat match, and you just throw Arkansas State on the field randomly. For like every third drive, and then it's like Big Twelve Championship with, game with, with App State as the special guest referee. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So, uh, so looking at the rest of this game, I mean, Troy moves to two and one, uh, and one and zero in conference play. They pick up their first Sun Belt win of the year. Texas State drops to one and four, uh, one and one in conference play. The last game from last weekend. Uh, no real surprise here. There was a there was a bit of a talent differential, uh, but Arkansas State hosted FCS Central Arkansas, uh, beat them pretty thoroughly by a score of fifty to twenty seven. Um, again, not really sure what to say here. Central Arkansas is a good 
FCS school, but they're one of these FCS schools that you can tell that they don't have the talent of a of a even a group of five uh, school. And they're I think they just played their last game in the season last weekend. So either way, they knew their year was over uh, with COVID and everything. So good win for Arkansas State. Uh, it really didn't help resolve any of the uh, quarterbacking. Uh, carousel that Arkansas State likes to run because both Lane Hatcher and Logan Bonner threw three touchdowns apiece and their, uh, you know, completions and attempts were almost identical. So, you know, you say it almost every week, two quarterbacks don't have one. Well, they, they, I guess, have two because they, they're like identical. Yeah, it's working. You know, I don't, I don't know if they're, if they're listening to us talk about this and every time I say that famous quote, Wayne Hatcher and Logan Bonner look at each other and say, hold our beers. But I mean, they, it, it seems to be working in, in Jonesboro, but uh, you know, credit central Arkansas, obviously, you know, between the FCS and e- even the G five, there's a clear talent differential, but I mean, central Arkansas put up a fight. Uh, you know, their quarterback threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and actually, this was not their last game of the year. Um, I don't know what their schedule looks like from now until the end of the season, but I do know that on November 21st, they will be in Lafayette to take on Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, looking at their, their schedule the rest of the year, uh, you know, they they have uh, a pretty good run of it. Um you know, like you said, they, they play you guys, but I mean, the rest of the season, there are only really two, I guess, cakewalk, uh, easy type of wins uh, would be Louisiana Monroe, Texas State. And then if you want to put South Alabama in that category, that's how they end the year with those three teams. But there's a run in there of Georgia State, App, Troy and uh, Louisiana. Um, so that's a that's a pretty challenging four game stretch there for the Red Bulls. Yeah, that's uh, wow. Georgia State at Troy and Louisiana. Yeah, and I think I think, Hell. To, I think due to COVID that those are consecutive weekends. Hell, Arkansas State might not win a game in that stretch. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, it might that might be the case. I mean, they. But you never know. They could catch Troy and get into another 51-48 game where it's just last team with the ball wins. Yeah, um, you, you, you might be able to catch Troy. You might be able to catch Georgia State napping. But, I mean, happen Louisiana, I, just, I don't see that happening. I think if the game wasn't at App, I think they would have a solid shot. If they were playing in Jonesboro, I think – that would be a coin flip. Uh, I think App would have the edge at home, but uh, Arkansas State on the road at App, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable really picking anybody at App. Like it's such a it's such a hard place to play. You're dropped kind of in the middle of that. I mean, a canyon of mountains is probably the best way for me to put how their yeah. stadium. I mean, it's beautiful. I've been to Boone, but like, yeah, it's a tough place to play for opposing schools for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jonathan Adams Jr. once again, uh, did his, uh, best, uh, you know, 
I don't even Megatron impression, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, six catches, one on one, two touchdowns. And uh, Dahu Green uh, followed him up with six catches for 94 and two scores. Um, you know, we said this about Troy. I'll say the same thing about Arkansas State. If they can field even an average defense, this team is going to be dangerous um, because they can score with anybody. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, Blake Anderson's always put talent together in, in Jonesboro. Um, I mean, hell, he did it when he was an offensive coordinator here here at Louisiana. So, yeah, I mean, they're, that, they're always competitive in the conference. Um, I know when they come to Lafayette or we go to Jonesboro, that's always a fun game. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle the tough schedule that they've been handed because of COVID. But, uh, yeah, I mean, especially for the future, the Red Wolves look promising. Yeah, for sure. Um, so moving into this this next weekend slate of games, actually beginning with tonight's contest, Coastal travels to take on your Cajuns. Uh, the line has actually moved. Louisiana was a seven and a half point favorite. Now they're sitting at nine points. Uh, say what you want about who's going to win and lose this game. Do you feel like from a betting perspective, nine points is too many uh, to give an undefeated Coastal team? <sighs> Depends on who you talk to. Me, yes, I, I think I think that's too high. Um, however, and and I, I don't say this in taking I don't want to take anything away from Coastal. They are a great football team. However, their three wins, only one of them has truly been impressive. You're not counting on the Kansas. The Kansas win is impressive. I mean, yes, it's a Power Five win, but it's. Kansas. I mean, Nichols, Nichols State went up to Lawrence and won a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, again, Big 12 win. I can't discredit that, but it, 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 it's the laughing stock of Division One college football. Campbell, again, formidable opponent. However, they're FCS. Mm-hmm. And then Arkansas State. Yeah. Was, Arkansas State was an impressive win. For However, sure. we yeah. don't we don't know yet how good Arkansas State truly is, but that was an impressive win. I think I think I think holding Arkansas State to just twenty three points is fairly impressive in and itself. Uh, you know, I agree with what you said. We don't know how good of a team Arkansas State is, but. Like I said, holding them to just 23 points, uh, they they contained Lane Hatcher, who was their leading passer, to 184 yards. I think anytime you shut down that passing game, you you need to be commended because it's yeah. it's not easy. No, no, no question about it. No question about it. Uh, you know, as a as a Louisiana fan looking at this game, you know, I'm I'm nervous. Granted, I'm nervous for every game, but you know, Coastal. Coastal is a freaky opponent in all three phases. Uh, you know, at, on offense, they've got Grayson McCall, who I've said since the season previews was going to have a big year. Uh, and he's, he's done exactly that. Receivers, you know, they got a guy like Javon Haley that can really step up and make an impact. CJ Marable at running back was all conference last year. Defensively, you got Taron Jackson, Silas Kelly. Their one weakness defensively is their secondary. Their secondary is bad. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the basic, you know, one-line scouting report, if that's such a thing, throw the ball. Throw the ball, beat them through the air, and you should win the football game. Um, granted, that's not Louisiana's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So t- tonight's going to be interesting to see what Billy Napier and Rob Sale can draw up for Levi Lewis in this offense to see, you know, this is going to be a game where a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, Louisiana's gotten a big win over Iowa State, but I don't know how truly legit they are. Well, you know, on ESPN tonight, there's, there's the chance to show the entire country just how legit you are. So getting into this game, I mean, from my perspective, uh, you know, I, I think the I think nine points is too many. Uh, I think these teams are more closely matched than the odds makers think. Um, I do think Louisiana wins this game. Um, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be about a touchdown deficit. Um, but, you know, when you look at Louisiana's schedule, and, and you can speak more to this, obviously, than I could because you watch them way more closely than I do. It's weird to look at their schedule and see that their biggest win, and I'm talking, when I say biggest, I don't mean in magnitude, I mean in score, uh, is against Iowa State, who was ranked at the time. Uh, Their last two games, they've won, you know, against Georgia State and Georgia Southern by a combined five points. So I think that they break out of their shell a little bit, but I think Coastal Carolina is good enough to keep it close, even if it's one of those backdoor cover type situations where Louisiana's up by two touchdowns for much of the game and then Coastal kind of scores late and makes it a touchdown game and makes it look closer than it actually is. So I like Louisiana in this one. I do think they win. Uh, I, From a betting perspective, like I said, I just think nine points is too many. Yeah, I, I agree. I When it dropped down to six, I thought that was fair. Because mm-hmm. um, like you said, I, I think it's going to end up being kind of like a touchdown game. But it's, I think it's going to be a, a offensively dominant game. You know, I, I think this could be a game where you see 45-38 as the final score. So I have a question for you. And, and take off your, your Louisiana fan hat and just put on kind of an um, unbiased take Ooh, for you. Okay. With the, with the games that have been scheduled and rescheduled and canceled and postponed and all that, is this so far the biggest Sunbelt game that we've had? Because they're the two most evenly matched teams that have faced off with one another, in my opinion. So I, I think this is the biggest Sunbelt game that we'll have for a while with, you know, games like Louisiana and App got moved, Georgia Southern and App got moved, um, you know, th- things like that. Coastal Carolina beat Arkansas State, but, you know, we don't again. We don't know how good, how good Arkansas State is. Do you think this is the best quality Sun Belt game we'll have for a bit? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that it's the best we've had thus far. Um, because, like you said, the, the two programs are just so evenly matched. And yeah, you know, I, I think that it'll be one of the best ones we have for a while. You know, tomorrow night, Georgia State and Arkansas State. I think that can be a great game. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, that, that's definitely one to, to keep an eye on if you're looking for a good football game. But, yeah, uh, again, going back to the original question, Louisiana-Coastal Carolina is definitely the most intriguing 
Sunbelt game that we've had so far this year. So getting into this next game, you know, you, you mentioned it. Um, you know, I, I think from just a, a quality football watching perspective, I think Georgia State and Arkansas State is a fun game uh, because, again, the over-under for this one is like 73 points, which means, you know, Vegas is expecting a ton of points to be scored. I think it's a fun game. I think from a quality perspective, it's not the best game. You know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons, going back to my previous question, is I, I think it's coastal in Louisiana just because the both teams are undefeated. They've both beaten quality Sunbelt opponents so far. I, I you know it, that that that's kind of my take on it. But getting into Georgia State Arkansas State, which you mentioned, Arkansas State three and a half point favorites here at home. I personally am not still sure what to make of Georgia State yet, uh, just because they've played two games all year. Uh, they lost to you guys uh, by three in overtime. Uh, and then crushed Eastern East Carolina. But again, I don't know how good East Carolina is either. So, I mean, I think this is, this is kind of a show me game for both teams. I think you're going to learn a lot about both of Georgia state and Arkansas state and where each of those teams stand in relation to the rest of the conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, actually, I think this is going to be the game where Arkansas state figures out what their quarterback situation is that might come back to bite me in the ass because I've said that numerous times and here we are, they're still playing two quarterbacks, but you know, Georgia state defensively, they're, they're good team. You know, Trajan Stevens McQueen might be one of the most underrated linebackers in the conference. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if you're Arkansas state, this is going to be the game where going forward you're down to a one quarterback system and you figure out who you want to hand the keys or the offense to. But yeah, like, like you mentioned over under 72 and a half, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, definitely be an entertaining one. So I have an interesting question to ask you and, and to pose it's, you know, for, it's only, you know, for some of these teams, this is Georgia state's third game of the year. This is Arkansas state's fifth game of the year. Obviously the schedule has been moved around a lot. Is it too early to say that whoever loses this game is kind of taken out of contention for their side of the sunbelt bracket? Whoever loses this game. Yeah. Is it, too early? is it too early because one of these teams is going to move to 0 and 2 in the Sun Belt, uh, which is going to kind of put them behind the eight ball, especially when you have, you know, Louisiana. Let's say, let's hypothetically say Louisiana loses the, on on Wednesday night. They're only two and one in Sun Belt play. Coastal Carolina would be two and 0, or vice versa. Coastal Carolina drops that game. They move to one and one. Georgia State or Arkansas State, one of these teams is going to go to 0 and 2 in their side. And it's going to be hard to kind of climb out of that hole. I, I'm I'm kind of wondering at this point with the way that everything's going to shake out. The team the teams are pretty evenly matched. I feel like, but with the with like for example, Georgia State's schedule the rest of the way is pretty brutal. I don't see them winning out after this game. So I think they'll drop one of you know Troy Coastal at Georgia Southern. They're dropping one or one or two of those games, or all of them. I mean, it can go either way. So, do you think that 
one of these teams is going to be taken out of contention for their side of the Sun Belt with a loss here. I think barring a monumental collapse from, you know, Louisiana, App State, Georgia Southern, yeah, I, I think I think the loser of this game is they, they can clear December 19th off of their schedule. Yeah, and we, we, we went over uh, schedule briefly. They have that, that murderer's row four-game stretch. So, they, I mean, they're almost certainly going to lose another Sunbelt game. I mean, between App, Troy, Louisiana, you know, they play Georgia State, That there's going to be a loss in there somewhere. And with three losses already in, in like, six games, five games, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a must-win game, which is weird to say, you know, three games into a season for Georgia State. I think it's a, I think it's a must-win game for both sides. I think, like you said, you can kind of clear your weekend schedule off for championship weekend if you lose this game. Yeah, um, it, like like you said, with with the schedule that they have coming down the stretch, falling that far behind, again, barring a monumental collapse from one of the top dogs. There, there's there's no shot. Yeah. Um, so moving through, let's get into Saturday's uh, list of games. Uh, Texas State at noon travels to take on South Alabama. Um, this is going to be interesting because I don't really know what to make of either of these teams at this state. They, they both seem to have started off the season hot and regressed. Um, from there. So obviously South Alabama, you know, we talked about them. They beat Southern Miss in the opener. Um, They followed that up by blowing that game to Tulane that they had won, it felt like. And then they just got smoked by UAB. Uh, Their game with Troy got postponed. Um, Texas State, this will be game number six, unbelievably, for them. Um, But, you know, some close losses, a win over ULM, and then they get smoked by Troy last week. So this is going to be interesting because I want to see where these two teams stack up. Yeah, you know, I I think Texas State is better than their record indicates. You know, like I mentioned earlier, there was two games that they easily should have won and just didn't. Um, So I think they're a better football team than what what they look like on paper. But, yeah, you know, you talk about South Alabama losing that what seemed like a sure win game against Tulane. This will be, like you said, this will be a game where – you're going to figure out who who's a good football team because, you know, when your back's against the wall, like both programs are right now, the good football find a way to win. Yeah. A a perfect example. I I hate to, I hate to bring this up for you, but the Louisiana Georgia Southern game as a Louisiana fan, I will 100, 100% admit we should not have won that game. I, I mean, on the other side of things, uh, from a Georgia Southern perspective, I 100% were, were, was waiting for us to blow that game, and we did. So but we, we, but we, found, we found a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's what you know Texas State, South Alabama is going to be. Who can find a way late in the game to scratch out a win? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so going into our second to last game on Saturday, uh, Troy, hosts, Troy, Troy hosts Eastern Kentucky. Uh, I don't foresee any issues here for Troy. Uh, I think they're pretty much going to run uh, the Colonels out of the stadium. Uh, the Colonels have had one of those uh, weird seasons uh, where they are an FCS team. Uh, that is going to play a handful of games and then say sayonara uh, to the rest of the year. So, um, you know, I think it's going to pretty much just be an offensive showcase for Troy. I mean, how, mu- how much do we really need to talk about that? <laughs> not, not at all. Troy, Troy's going to win big. End of story. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think this game uh, needs to be looked at. Under and and if, if Troy doesn't win big, all respect to Chip Lindsey. I met him at Sunbelt Media Day last year. Great guy. If Troy loses this game, I think Chip Lindsey needs to be shown the door. <laughs> it's kind of early, don't you think? That's kind of embarrassing, don't you think? Well, I mean, there have been coaches that have taken worse losses than than this and, and still, like, held on. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do 100% think it'd be embarrassing. However, I mean, you know, last year was kind of a wash. It, it, it was almost like a year zero from him. It, it felt like they were kind of starting over from Neil Brown's Troy teams. Um so this this kind of feels like year one for Chip Lindsay more than last year did because that team last year for Troy was so peaks and valleys like you couldn't make heads or tails of what they were doing on a weekly basis. I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance that they lose this game, uh, but I also don't think he's going to be fired. Uh, you know, four games into a COVID season where it's technically his second year. Fun uh, fact: I just don't see it. Fun fact, tickets via StubHub for this game are as low as $11. Well, it is an FCS school coming to Troy uh, during a COVID year. I, I'm not I'm not surprised they're – I'm honestly surprised they're not cheaper than that. Um, so going into this last game, uh, this one was uh, thrown together at the last minute. Uh, Georgia Southern is going to welcome UMass to Statesboro. Uh, UMass has not played a game this season. Uh, Georgia Southern is the only team they have on their schedule. Uh, Georgia Southern, a 31 point favorite. I will come out and say it right away. I would not bet on any Georgia Southern lines this year. Uh, after the UL Monroe performance, they have shown they cannot hold a lead. Um, so if you are betting on Georgia Southern, you are doing betting wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't bet on Georgia Southern. However, you know, 31-point dog, a 31-point favorite against a team like UMass. Let's be totally honest. Can, can you remember the last time UMass won a football game? Well, it was uh, – did, did, they, did they win last year? Uh, I mean, I can look it up. Uh, let me look. But, yeah, so, I mean – you know, Georgia Southern did this, you know, a, a week or two ago, whatever it is. Time doesn't mean anything to me at this point. Um, they they did. They won a game last year. UMass beat Akron in like week yeah, five. I'm seeing that so, 37 to 29. Well, that and that was kind of the thing. UMass hasn't played a game this year. So, I mean, either way, the answer was going to be last year. Uh, but 
Georgia Southern did this against uh, UL Monroe. I have no reason to believe that they just won't do the exact same thing again and let UMass hang around and make it closer than it needs to be. Um, you know, they were up big on UL Monroe, and then they just kind of stopped playing football. And when your coach, uh, who's supposed to be this rah-rah guy, allows your team to just kind of coast into a win uh, that came down to the final play of regulation, um, I, I don't feel comfortable putting any points uh, with Georgia Southern and taking that. So uh, Hammer, UMass in this one, I don't see them losing by more than two touchdowns at the very most. Oh, man. I mean, did you did you catch any of the Georgia Southern Monroe game? I mean, I know we didn't have a podcast yes. last night. We weren't able to talk about it. I, I, mean, I it watched was, I watched the very – I watched most of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was, it was thoroughly embarrassing, to be totally honest. Y'all, y'all should have lost. Yeah. I mean, no, if, I, if, if Monroe scored on that last play. They didn't score, but I mean, they probably should have put some time back on the clock and let them run another play. I don't know. I think that ball broke the plane, man. I I can't agree with that, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it's it's tough because it's like it, it feels really like Lunsford and his entire staff is just feeling okay coasting on that 2018 season. Um, I don't know how if they're ever going to, he's, it's so weird because he's this big fiery guy and then they get out on the field and they're just like, the whole team's like, ah, we don't really care if we're out here or not. So, so it's like, if you can't motivate them as a rah, rah type of coach, then what are we even wasting our time for here? Cause you're not an X's and O's guy. You don't, you don't call plays on either side of the ball. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, It'll be interesting to see if, if Georgia Southern can keep the gas pedal on uh, on the Minutemen. For sure. Uh, so wrapping up, um, I, I don't even feel like I, I usually ask this question to close out the podcast. I don't even really feel like I need to uh, as to what we're looking for this weekend. Obviously, Coastal Louisiana uh, kicking off here in about an hour. Uh, from when we're wrapping this up is going to be the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, And then Georgia State, Arkansas State is intriguing for a number of reasons to me. So, uh, Matt, you have any final thoughts? And tell the folks where they can find you on social media. The only final thought that I have is that my my booze is getting iced down and I'm ready for a good football game. Fair enough. Um, You can find me on social media at Matt. You can find my UL podcast at Rage and Review. And if you're a Barstool sports fan, I am now running the UL Barstool page. So you can find that on social media at Cajuns Barstool. Good stuff. Uh, as always, you can find me on social media at Watch the Stone. Um, my preview, I guess, for Georgia Southern UMass, which sounds I sound depressed because I am depressed about this game, uh, is going to come uh, Friday morning. Uh, but yes, we will be back next week for another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. Podcast.